you dumb, beautiful fucker. Who wants to be in America's slash fit with Abraham Lincoln? Louisiana Purchase, that's a name. You need to really get off my balls, okay? I'm gonna kick your ass. Also, why was Michelangelo so stinky? Ew. <laughs> Hello That's everyone, gonna welcome to episode. <laughs> That's gonna be the first thing I hear. Is just, <laughs> 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 you know, that's a good as cold open as any. Uh, hello everyone, welcome to episode 240 of the Y'all Can Hear podcast. I'll Holy be your host shit. today, Patrick. And joining me today is my co-host. It's Juicy Jonathan. Oh, extra juicy today. I got the Juicy Couture pants. I got Juicy on my ass. Yep. You can literally see the the juice drop just like dripping out. Oh, definitely. Oh, man. Did I tell you that when my grandmother was in her right mind, like this woman, like, I mean, she was like 40, 50 years old, not giving a single fuck, <laughs> just walking around with sweatpants with juicy on the back. God, you know what? Represent. She, I mean, she did not give any fucks. And I, and I think, I would like to think you, you carried on that candle of just wearing cursed uh, clothing around the house. You know, I think it gives me personality. I mean, you, you wore that um, cocaine sweater and a solid Coca-Cola out to lunch one day. <laughs> uh, yeah, I did. I did. I also wore it to work once. <laughs> and hey, it, I'm sorry, I didn't have anything clean at the moment. So I was like... You know what? It's cold. It's time for this weather. Yeah, it's got a cute cat on it, and and plus, like it, it, it looks enough like Coca Cola that people wouldn't notice what it was if they weren't like really paying attention. Because <laughs> like when I came in the other day with that on, like I, I only work with one other lady. She's this older black lady, and, and she came in. She looked, and she's like, "Does that say cocaine?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but she thought it was funny so i mean if you're one other co-worker is okay with it and i say it's okay yeah it's not like i really see many customers yeah so and if not you know they need to stop clutching clutching their pearls yeah <laughs> just turn your sweater inside out or how about this get over it, it that, that's yeah easy just you know, it's my life. I'm going to live it however the fuck I want, and you can get the fuck over it. Yeah. If you don't like me, that's perfectly fine. Yeah. Die mad about it. You're mad about it? Huh? You're mad about it? No, <laughs> die mad about it. <laughs> oh, oh, I thought you said... Never mind. Yeah, oh. I'm mad about these hypothetical people that we made up just for the scenario, and it's, and I'm, it's legit uh, heated right now. Fuck you, imaginary people. So, Twitter. Yes. It's where, it's where, where straw men live in abundance and rent-free in people's heads. Yeah, it's just like, we. I'm going to build this imaginary person just to tear down and make myself have some false sense of superiority. And then people will assume that you're talking about a real person and then jump on this like discourse and then just run this through Twitter for a day. 
Oh yeah. And then people are like, "Who's who's the main character of Twitter today? Who fucked up now?" And guess God. what? This person isn't real. I I fucking cannot stand Twitter, <laughs> but I cannot get off Twitter. It, it's uh, it, it's just like everyone is just like angry it strips away any sort of nuance or context from any conversation god forbid you try to have a political conversation and people will miss intentionally or unintentionally misinterpret what you say to fit some sort of like whatever person they're mad about yeah well speaking of twitter discourse i saw a little bit of one before we uh got on the horn today because in case you didn't know, Spider-Man Twitter is forever and always in a state of turmoil over inane fucking bullshit. Like, the when you told me this off mic, like, I halfway thought it was a joke. Because <laughs> it is so fucking stupid that people are, like, having a conversation about this. But please, go ahead and inform the listeners. Yeah, like, um... Spider-Man Twitter, uh, for probably the nth time this week, is like, what is your most controversial Spider-Man opinion? And the one I saw in my time, like, Spider-Man should not be able to stick to walls wearing shoes. And, like, this is what happens when you let just pedantic nerds who have too many feelings about characters, like, start to go off. I mean, like, obviously, this is a pot calling the kettle black because I'm a stupid nerd and I have very specific opinions about fictional characters. But the thing is, is like, I, and maybe I, my brain is just wired different. Like, even like people that like I think are like abhorrent, I don't feel the need to shout into the void on Twitter about it either. Like, yeah. it's like, I'm going to have my opinion. Honestly, I get that out by screaming with y'all. <laughs> Yeah, if we're being real. Yeah, yeah, we're not like a square and talk shit on Twitter. We're cool and talk shit on a podcast. Yeah, don't vague posts <laughs> when you can use simple and direct language. Yeah, <laughs> which in itself might be a vague direct at somebody on Twitter. I mean, who though? There's so many people. <laughs> like, like exactly. Watch your ass. But anyway, yes, <laughs> Spider-Man Twitter is just constantly in a state, and it's it's the exact same bullshit. I, at least once a month, someone's like, who's the best movie Spider-Man? This is going to be forever for real for all the marbles. I'm like, no, it's not. It's the exact same talking points. It's the exact same argument. It's the exact same bullshit, just new same shit new month it's the same fucking argument and nothing gets accomplished so like that why do we even have it because let's be fucking real the real answer objectively to this question is toby mcguire <laughs> uh yeah so i sorry i like tom holland tom holland's fucking great he nails like high school peter parker but college age peter parker yeah that's toby mcguire uh, yeah, so this is AYCH throwing their our collective hat into the Spider-Man discourse. But I, like honestly, I was today years old when I found out not only is Spider-Man Twitter a thing, but also it is like apparently super heated. Yeah, because like I'm not even on Spider-Man Twitter. I'm like I'm on Toku Twitter, which is like Tokusatsu Twitter accounts and like information. Which thank fucking Christ that. Toku discourses, at least on my end, is rather rare. 
But like Spider-Man just sort of bleeds in because oh, there's a lot of overlap between comic book fans mm-hmm. and Tokusatsu fans. And then I feel like I get some like wacky bullshit about Spider-Man fans having opinions and like why they're all dirty and wrong. And uh, and I know like with the comic there might be some uh, some new discourse because the Spider-Man comic recently started a new uh, change in the creative team, new writer, I think and new artists and this sort of like new sort of starting point yeah. where one of um, Spider-Man's many six or not, maybe not many successors, but like one of his sort of contemporaries, Ben Riley. Oh yeah. Who is, in case you didn't know, Spider-Man's uh, Peter Parker's clone who sort of has his own identity and has taken on the mantle of Spider-Man in the past. And due to a catastrophic accident, Peter Parker has been sidelined as Spider-Man, and Ben Riley has once again assumed that identity. Uh, but what makes it different this time is that Ben Riley, after being down in his look for several years, has sort of um, kind of found a new lease on life with a newfound sense of you know purpose and direction and like capital. Now that he is uh, kind of being propped up by this um, giant scientific corporation basically it's a corporately backed spider-man and sort of like his sort of okay. adventures in this direction for spider and a lot of people feel like a corporately backed spider-man in an in late game capitalism society in real world terms why are we having this sort of story and it's like i don't know i feel like uh depending on how you do it there's a lot of interesting avenues you can go down with that yeah but the real question I have, Pat, does Ben Riley still have the sleeveless hoodie? No. Okay, uh, that's fucking bullshit, and they need to fucking fix that. <laughs> because I complain about pedantic nerds, but I'm also a pedantic nerd, and I don't like change. Yeah, well... And, and I, I don't really have that strong of feelings of Ben, Ry- ben Riley as a character anyway. Alright. We'll cut this... At, but I'm gonna look up and show you what Spider-Man looks like in this. Okay. But, like, if you want to have, like, actual, like, hot takes about Spider-Man, like, be, just be, like, I think the Clone Saga was good, actually, or something like that. Which is a very controversial, like, take. Or at least in the original iteration of the Clone Saga, where, like, it tried to do some wild shit. Like, yeah, all the Spider-Mans you knew past the 1960s were actually clones of Peter Parker, and it just, like, got really wibbly-wobbly with its fucking timeline, because... The thing with mainstream American comics is that it's sort of on the sliding time scale. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, like, people and characters do get older, but, like, it's just sort of incrementally progresses with real-life time. Yeah. Because, like, very rarely it's, like, someone, like, actually get older. Like, Spider-Man, if he was a teenager in the 1960s, he would be an old-ass man now. Oh, which, oh definitely. And Peter Parker is perpetually in mid to late 20s to early 30s yeah and a lot of uh normally this really isn't a problem but something i've always thought about especially as of recently it's like what are they going to do with magneto once they get now i'm jonathan what the current iteration of ben riley's spider suit looks like i don't hate it it looks very similar we can put it we'll uh Put us in the, mm-hmm. probably one of our many socials, but basically Ben Riley's new spider suit looks very similar to the traditional Spidey suit set. The spider is kind of like off center on, like kind of over his heart, 
and with like the spiral legs branching out from there. Yeah, it's, it's like it's kind of like just like asymmetrical look a little bit, and I think it's pretty neat. And plus, you know, if there's like this, if they're trying to do like this seamless like replacement of Spider-Man, like people may not notice if like, oh wait, that looks a little different. How we know that? and not realize it's a different person under the mask. Yeah, or. or- Technically, it's the same person, but not technically. Really. If you want, but only in like genetically. <laughs> this but. is why comics are dumb. But I love them. <laughs> but yeah, it, but yeah, like, what are they going to do with Mag? Because like the big one of the big things about Magneto was he was in the Holocaust. Like, not to get too morbid, but like, like I don't like I. I you can probably ask Justin that question, but I don't know if they changed that part of Magneto's story. They they made this habit to where he he's been altered in some way where he yeah. like, you know, because of like m- magic or aliens or like whatever the X thing is and the current backstory that Magneto, he's still a Holocaust survivor, but like because of some special property, he's been allowed to maintain this sort of youth and the fullness about him. Like he's oh, just okay. a fucking Jack to shit, gray-headed man. Oh, yeah, like... <laughs> this make no bones about it. The dude's, like, fucking huge. Like, <laughs> everyone in fucking comics, but... Yeah, even, like, the smallest person is more jacked and defined than they would be at that size. Yeah, it, it's just one of those things where it's, like... Because that's, like, it's such an integral part of his story, too. Yeah. Like, depending... And, and, you know, obviously there are various versions, but, like... But um, I will say, like, I know with, like, in terms of, like, scaling up to time, like, you know, in the original Fantastic Four, Mr. Fantastic and The Thing, when they were normal humans, they were, like, in the World War II. They were, like, war buddies from then. And then mm. as time progresses, they sort of alternate with the, with the point in which they were, like, soldiers. Like, they was, then it was, like, the Korean, like, the Korean War, the Vietnam War, Desert Storm, Iraq. So, like, uh, so it, whatever the most modern U.S. conflict that, is. That would be like a reasonable distance from the current day. Yeah. So, Or I say, mo- but I get what you're saying. So so it's sort of that, that sliding time scale, which is how comics work. Just like, you know, how every character is still at like peak human, you know. Or not maybe not peak, but kind of like this very like uh, reasonably attractive moment in their history. And like yeah. there definitely have been term characters that have grown up like some people say like every hundred issues is like a year in comet time and that but that's a very nebulous thing but you know how some characters were like teenagers and at a certain point and then like after several years they are like mid to early 20s yeah like how in marvel there's like you know how like kate bishop and patriot hulkling wiccan were all like the teen heroes from like 10 15 years ago and now the teen heroes are like Miles Morales, Miss Marvel, um, folk, like folks like that. They're the new teens, yeah. and like their their counterparts are all kind of like aged up to early to mid twenties. Yeah, and then you know, like back in the eighties, there were various X teams that provided that. Yeah, like Kitty Pryde <coughs> was a teenager when her character appeared in in X Men, and now she's it's established that she's a twenty to thirty something now. Yeah, it's just sort of weird how comics work like that. And on one hand, I kind of wish they didn't do that because I do like complete stories mm-hmm. with more like 
structure and satisfying builds and payoffs. But at the same time, I think that like having it being this long, continuous, like unending story, basically, because I definitely ma- ma- makes comics unique in that aspect. I, I definitely do like that how how it, how like comics are cyclical. How like they'll kind of reach a crescendo and then they'll come kind of like resettle themselves, and it's just like like a wheel, and it just sort of goes on from there. Like, um, but like. I, I, there was a comic that came out years ago called Earth X, mm-hmm. where it's basically what if the characters had lived in real time. So you have like when it came out, it was like the oh let's say the two thousands, and you have like you know like a six year old Cyclops trying to find new mutants to help restock the X Men because everyone else like, had gotten old and splintered off. Yeah, that's an interesting concept. And there's there's been a, a run of kind of limited series called Life Story, where it started with Spider Man, interestingly enough, where it would show it was like a five to six issue miniseries where each issue would be a different decade in that character's life. Like Spider Man when he first started in the sixties and growing up in the seventies and like his life progressing in real time until you get to like the two thousands and like he's an old man. Which was I? I think I got. I finished most of that series. I think I'm missing the last issue, where it's like yeah. Spider Man in like the 2000s or 2010s, where he's like 70, 80 years old. Yeah, because because I mean we really don't see that many stories about superheroes aging either. So yeah. like, and I know like the part of it is you know, they're like these eternal, eternal characters that anyone yeah. can jump into, figure like in theory and sort of. Yeah. and have their time with them and then mm-hmm. they can sort of cycle out like you know it's just this never ending sort of story yeah but I, but I would like to see like you have like if you have like maybe something like a fix like a, someone who's a fixture in time and the people change it like Thor is immortal he's a god oh yeah and you have like how it, it's been touched on a few times how he, he sees people come and go how like 10 15 20 years are like like just moments passing in time for him and how there's so many people like even even he says people he's loved and fought for but he can't remember who they are because he's lived so long that is fucking terrifying yeah because is why i love like one of the reasons i love thor is that like he's like this figure that's always maybe not always but he's been alive for thousands and thousands of years and like has has lived and experienced so much that he's forgotten so much of his life because like even a guy can't remember every single thing they've done yeah it's just i mean it's just sort of like the passage of time is just like i don't know that 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 like that con like any time like anyone's like oh i want to be immortal i'm like but do you though did you like and, and plus like it's funny to think about like an immortality is like oh i'm just gonna be like this hunky hot version of myself forever and it's like what if you're like what if immortality is like you just get old like you progress as you normally would it just you just get more decrepit as time goes on to where like by the end of it you're just like a nervous system like you're just like this sentient like you're just you're like the fucking like old woman skeleton from spongebob yeah <laughs> it's like why what did he say why did he say chocolate oh man that, that would just and that would just be terrifying. Like, for me, like, one of my worst fears is just, like, 
being cognizant but not being able to do anything. Like, yeah. If that makes like being in a coma, but being aware that you're in a coma, it's, it's like you're a living ghost. Yeah, like there, there, there's a <laughs> there's a fucking movie called Johnny Got His Gun. Okay, and uh, it's it's set in World War One, and a guy, I think he steps on a landmine or something, and he loses all of his limbs, his sight, everything, but he's still alive. Yeah, and it, the uh, and all like doctors are like experimenting on him, but he can't like tell them what like how he's feeling. Yeah, so he's just like in this like agonizing pain as he's like floating in and out of memories and shit. Oh, that sounds so brutally depressing. Oh yeah, and they, I, they, 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 uh, cool. and, and <laughs> this is a weird connection, but. Uh, fucking Metallica bought the rights to the movie. Okay, and they used they used it for their music video one. It was their first music video they had, and that's what that song is about. Okay, and it's just like fucking terrifying. Yeah, that's pretty fucking gnarly. <laughs> anyway, so how do we come back from this, Pat? Uh, well, I, I, <laughs> what you're talking about, <laughs> what I laughed earlier is like. You know what it's like to be cognizant and not be able to do anything. You could be just like, oh, you're like you're like just you're trapped in your own body, or it's like listening to a podcast where the hosts are talking about like, oh, what's this thing I can't remember? And you're just like, it's this. Oh God, that would be fucking hell. Because <laughs> I'm I, I'm the person like I won't like go in comment sections or something, but like. If someone says something and I know like either they get it wrong or if they misspeak or just I was like, what's that thing? And I'm just like, it's this, you dumbass. Yeah, but that, that, that's that's the closest we'll ever be to to being a ghost until we, you know, I guess pass on. It's just like, ah, just just a cruel impotence of being not being able to like respond in time to a podcast but when they're asking like a question you obviously know oh yeah i imagine there's probably some listeners of our show that do the same thing to us <laughs> this that god damn it because in case you don't know listeners i may be many things but one thing i am is dumb of ass <laughs> it's like i may be a dumb bitch bottom text yeah, <laughs> but uh, but on a, a, a similar thing we talked about, about you know a, a cyclical nature of time, a wheel of time, if you a will. wheel times a flat circle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jonathan and I have been watching the new Wheel of Time show on Amazon Prime, and uh, we recently, as of this recording, we had finished uh, the four available episodes that have been released at this time, and. Figured it'd be good if anything to talk about it because we haven't seen too much about it, at least on our respective timelines, in terms of like people talking about it. Yeah, like I have to go out of my my way to find any sort of people talking about it. But um, yeah, it's you know fan- fantasy series by author Robert Jordan, who infamously died during the making and uh, well, the home stretch of the of writing the books and. Brandon Sanderson came in and finished it out and and apparently like the ending is like really fucking good and people just really love this series. It's it's like a huge fantasy franchise that that people have been fans of for years and 
and after like there's been like some legal like waffling over like who has who had the rights to make something but amazon they finally got the ability to produce this new or this adaptation of it yeah and honestly i don't see how you could do this show in a pre-game of thrones world yeah because like like like, the game of thrones especially like the magic is very low tier and it's not like super bombastic at least not towards till the end but like this is very like magic centric you know there's just a lot going on and on top of that the book series is like 14 books where they're like at least 700 pages yeah like every book is like a doorstop i remember looking into it a little bit like apparently there was one book or maybe even a few interested in the series where um the publisher for the wheel of time said if this book was literally one page longer we physically could not bind it together jesus christ or like, like literally, like literally, they would have to develop a new form of book binding in order to make it, like, in a single volume. Jesus Christ! Just to give you an understanding of how, like, long each installment is. Like, it's like minimum four or five hundred pages, and there's fourteen books. Yeah. In this series, and one prequel, if you want to read that. Yeah. So. And what what we're sort of gathering from the new adaptation is that um, distillation is the name of the game. Yeah, like uh, I think they're just going to try to hit the main points of the story, uh, probably because I think there's something like two thousand named principal characters in the book series or something. Mm-hmm stupid ridiculous like that and like and jonathan was saying before the show that like in their research talking like how there's like multiple books where like the plot does not really progress it's just like it's x characters like experience at the same time with this other character and it's just like all these people going through their moment of time while this is happening yeah and and ever and ever it's like yeah, from what I've heard, it's more of like setting things up to continue for the latter half of the series. But like, because I've known about this series for a, honestly since I was a kid, because you'd see those ridiculously awful but charming mass paperback covers, and you know, I always interested to see what this was. But anytime I looked into it, I'm like, fourteen fucking books. God damn, that's a commitment. Yeah, what's the, like the a it's bridge like, version of this. Yeah, it's like the fantasy version of One Piece. I mean, and like, and this series has been around forever. So yeah, I think the first book came out in 1990. Yeah, it's a it's a very long tenured series. And me going in, like, I had like no idea, no foreground of what this series is. So when we started this a few weeks ago, because they released the first three at once, and then this past. Friday of this recording, they released episode four, and I guess the first thing that kind of surprised, like I noticed, is like it's very woman centric, mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's a very like diverse fantasy landscape. Yeah, I, I don't know how much of the, like I'd like as far as like 
the whole like world being ruled by a matriarchy that that's from the book. Yeah, but I, I think like they intentionally went out to have like a more diverse cast. Yeah, which you know it's, it's fantasy. People would be like, "Why yeah. are there brown people in my fantasy setting with magic and dragons and elves?" Like, who it, gives a shit? As yeah, long like as- it doesn't it doesn't disrupt the narrative of all. Once you have fucking dragons and bullshit in your story. It trying to like oh in real medieval Europe there weren't people of color it's like fuck off who cares but but there were like people of color in medieval Europe but that's that's a yeah whole get dunked on you fucking racist nerds <laughs> God nothing worse than fucking virgin nerds or racist virgin nerds <laughs> so um the the gimmick of the show is like it's um Rosamund Pike's character she's just part of this sect of women like wizards and magicians and they're looking for this person who's being reincarnated in the in the current day called the dragon and thousands of years in the past just this it it was this malevolent person called the dragon who just sort of fucked up the whole world and due to their extreme ability to manipulate like the the magic in the world they sort of like perpetuated their life so they would come back and reincarnate at some point in the future yeah. and because since they're being a great power they can either cause harm cause great harm or cause great uh you know yeah benefit to the world so rosman pike's out looking for this and she thinks she finds four potential candidates within this like little sleepy village in, in the mountains yeah which is kind of Kind of like the Shire from Lord of the Rings. Yeah, like like the thing the thing with this show, at least right now, it's not stuff you haven't seen before, especially if you're familiar with fantasy at all. Yeah, and granted, a lot of it, especially over the past like twenty thirty years, has been influenced by the Wheel of Time. I mean, Wheel of Time is like a very like we said, that's a long lasting series. It's very influential. So, yeah. and I mean, in this series started like six years before game of Thrones was published. So like there's going to be some, like as far as like comparing it to game of Thrones, maybe some, it feels a little reductive and unfair. Yeah. And also at the same time, because game of Thrones managed to come to TV first and have like this big cultural impact, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people who see it. It's like, well, this just kind of looks like generic fantasy. And people will probably see the books the same, but, but like, yeah. it's the whole Seinfeld is unfunny concept where someone that sort of innovates or, like, is, like, this sort of, like, forefront or building block in a genre, mm-hmm. you know, if they're sort of coming, like, if there's a new adaptation that comes to people's attention, they may not realize the influence it had. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it, it's like uh, like the the kids who are like, "Oh man, Kanye, he's he's really helping this this old man out who's making it big." This Mister Paul McCartney, and having no context for who the fuck Paul McCartney is, mm-hmm. is like that's kind of how it feels in a way. And plus, like. People who don't who don't realize like what's coming forward, they naturally may not notice this. Yeah, and, and plus it also doesn't help that the show is intentionally being made in a way that's visually and aesthetically similar to Game of Thrones, like, and I guess in a way to court that audience now that Game of Thrones has finished and in a way squandered its legacy. 
God, those Depending last two seasons to. were fucking garbage. I'm sorry. Those that was bad. That was some like because the thing the first four seasons of Game of Thrones are some of the best television that has ever been or ever will be. But those last two seasons are unironically some of the worst. Like especially that that last season was just. And I was I was I was a defender up until probably the final episode. Yeah. And I was just like, "Oh, okay. So all all of my investment in this at this point has been a waste of time. All right, cool. That's <laughs> nice to know." So, real time it might be like a a palate cleanser for people who are disappointed by Game of Thrones. I mean, like you yeah. yourself, you know, a a spurned Game of Thrones fan. Um I guess like for you, how does this feel, and like what, like what are the things that's been keeping you interested that they, that you liked about it? Uh, while I, while there are definitely some nods to Game of Thrones, like, like I, I still probably wouldn't feel comfortable showing this to like a ten-year-old, for instance. Yeah, but it's definitely a little more tame, and I think I enjoy that. Like, it's definitely like in. One of the complaints, especially about early on in the books, like the first three books, is it's fair, apparently fairly similar to Tolkien before it kind of goes off in, into becoming the Wheel of Time. Yeah. But I do like the more, I don't say lighthearted, but, you know, that, that more traditional fantasy tone. Yeah. And like The Witcher to me is closer to Game of Thrones. Like that that those they're they're trying to do very similar things and as far as like comment on these fantasy stories, fairy tales and stuff like that, versus like this just trying to tell the a fan like an epic fantasy story. And like then there's nothing wrong with that. Cause I can, and plus I do appreciate with with Wheel of Time so far. That I know that people got turned off with even early Game of Thrones. It's sort of like one, just just ubiquitous, unnecessary, gratuitous sex. And I will say, Game of Thrones gets better about that later on. But those first few seasons, and I'm not a prude. I'm a very like like I'm very sex positive, and it's not that. It's just a lot of it felt very exploitative. If that makes sense, it's, not not to be like. Like wag my finger, or you know, be but like, it kind of felt like it wasn't like. Did this need to happen? Like, like what does this serve other than just to be like titillation? Yeah, and, and like, and, and and it's in the books, mm-hmm. and, and the books have their sort of problems with it, but it's nowhere to the effect of those like first like two seasons. I mean, it, it, it's just a very like infamous, or maybe not infamous, but it's just a very like well known moment where like there's like a. Like a villain who's like giving his like evil plan, and while these two like prostitutes like finger blast each other, uh, that that one bitch has the other one like a fucking puppet, like elbow deep. It's like, what? is this really necessary? What is this here for? I mean, yeah. I, and like obviously, and it's to inform his character, and his character is a brothel owner, and not to get into like Game of Thrones. You know, this is supposed to be about the will of time, but yeah. It, it's like it can make sense, but it's like the at the same time, let's not kid ourselves. This is mainly to show TNA. Yeah. Which I mean, there's nothing necessarily wrong with that, but you know. It's all it's like all how it's framed and all how it's and, done. and time and place yeah. too. I mean, there's a time and a place for horny. Yeah. And and I like and, and like this show I think 
whereas like Game of Thrones, especially that part had like a more like adolescent edge to it. It to me, I feel like this is a little more mature in some ways, especially when it comes to like sexual material, because like the characters fuck and you know they fuck, but it's not like. It's just, like, something that is versus, like, oh, my God, look at this fucking pair of boobies. Look at them titties. Look at this, like, like just rock-hard cock. Yeah, but, like, I don't know. I, I'm, I, I really enjoy the sort of how this is a middle ground between Tolkien and Martin. Yeah, because I feel like, in my head, there's, a, there's a, like, a fantasy scale. Like, you have... On one end, it's like in terms of like tone, and I guess like certain content. You have Lord of Rings on like the left side, and then kind of up from it a little bit is Wheel of Time. And up from that is The Witcher, and then on the far end is Game of Thrones. Yeah, and I'm sure there's some other even darker stuff, but uh, but the, the sort of like layout like the AYCH <laughs> sliding fantasy timeline. Yeah. And not to say that, like, Lord of the Rings isn't dark or fucked up. Like, I, I reread the Lord of the Rings earlier this year, and it's like, there's some heavy stuff. I mean, yeah, in, it's, in an, it's an analogy books. for fucking World War Two. Yeah, it's just like, this is fucking intense. But, like, I, I think it's all about sort of the tone mm. as well. Like, it's like, oh, there's dark stuff, but, you know, you can sort of overcome it. Whereas, like, you feel like the crushing existential weight of all these systems at play when you read or watch Game of Thrones. Yeah. But uh, the big thing, one of the big things I like about it, too, is how magic-centric it is. Which, like, I think if you're going to get, like, an adult into game or into fantasy, you you start with Game of Thrones because that is definitely more... The magic is more, I don't say real, but... It's it's, lo- it's more grounded. It's not like l- wizards throwing fireballs and yeah. It's definitely doing, more like subtly, like woven into the world. Yeah, and, and like like everything else in Game of Thrones, it's very the magic is very transactional, like kind of monkey's paw sort of thing. Yeah. So like you get this one thing, but you lose something in return. Yeah, I, I guess like the offset, like this awesome power. Yeah, and not just like oh, you get to use like. Laser beams and like summon up monsters just for free. Yeah, well, and, and even then, like most of the magic just kind of sucks, and it's the cons far outweigh the pros as far as using yeah. it. Versus this, where they're like throwing lightning bolts and shit all the time, and I'm. I mean, there's definitely like a physical toll, but it's kind of like you, you like you like you exhaust yourself, not mm-hmm. just like oh, there's like a. I, like a price in terms of like you like lose an arm or you go blind or, or, or it's not it's not like in Game of Thrones where it's like okay we're going to sacrifice this horse so your husband can live but your husband is going to be a vegetable and the the baby that's in your belly yeah now it's a lizard person <laughs> like th- that that's Game of Thrones yeah <laughs> versus this but what what uh, I've been sort of hijacking this conversation. <laughs> what what do, what are your thoughts on it, Pat? Um, I'm I'm definitely um along for the ride. I I feel like I haven't been like super just blown away by anything, oh, but yeah. like it's like a I feel like it's a very capable adaptation, not knowing anything about the original text. Um, but like I'm enjoying it. Um, I think the visuals are cool. Like. It's not. I mean, some people tell me this is the worst CG on television. 
Currently, I'm like, that's bullshit. It's, it's serviceable. And like, it plus, like, th- that's a whole fucking discourse about the fucking series. It's like, it's the worst CG in that. Like, people acting like this show is fucking made on, like, the Apple II. I'm like, sit down. It's, it, it, like, honestly, like, a lot of it is pretty good. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say it's great, but, like, especially for television, this is, this is up there. Yeah, I mean, it, it isn't like the fucking flash on the CW. Like, come on. Which like that the those CG is so egregious that it's, it kind of wraps around to being funny. Like when those fuckers pulled out like lightsabers Literal. with lightning. Oh my god! I I, <laughs> I watched Flash for like a season, and I was like, okay, this is fun. But from what I heard, that show got really stupid. Yeah, yeah, it, and, it, and I and just seeing the clip of fucking Barry pull out fucking speed force lightsaber yeah it looked like fucking kuwabara spirit sword from you Hakusho. yeah well we'll get we'll, we'll get to look forward to the live action you y- haka show god <laughs> damn it that is happening fuck <laughs> okay side tangent from the wheel of time we're coming back to the wheel of time but can we stop can we just fucking stop with the anime live action adaptations I mean, especially of shows that don't fucking need like an update or an adaptation like Cowboy Bebop, which is basically perfect as is. Yeah. It, and like just saying, even Japan didn't have a good track record with live action adaptation. No, like, I mean, like. And what do you think fucking dipshits from America are going to do to enhance the product? Not much. Yeah. It's like, let's. Well, let's just put ScarJo in front of it, I guess. I, I will say, at least for the the upcoming One Piece adaptation, the the cast seems to be a good cheer and good spirit and like enthusiastic mm-hmm. about the series. Which you know, uh, live action One Piece, how how um, nightmarish how? is like how? live action CG Luffy rubber stretching going to be? How I, I I'm sorry. There there are some things that just belong to animation and and most anime. Unless you're doing, like, a grounded, like, a grounded show. Why? Why even attempt? Like, it's it's never been done well. And, and like, I, I mean, I like, in every... And, and so many people were excited for that Cowboy Bebop adaptation. And I don't know why. Like, I'm just like, this is going to be bad. Like, same with the Avatar one that's coming out. It's going to be probably not great. Even, well, well, even the fucking guys who were involved with it, who were involved in the Nickelodeon show, were on board with the Netflix, but didn't they leave? Aren't that they? I don't know. Let's, Although I, I will say, I think Daniel Day Kim is going to do a, his best as Fire Lord Ozai. Yeah. And, and the thing is, is like, with like Cowboy Bebop, I think like John Cho, that's inspired casting for Spike Spiegel. Even if some people are like, he's too old to be Spike Spiegel. Well, I mean, Spike wasn't that young though. I they'd say Spike Spike Spiegel's supposed to be twenty six in the series, and John Cho's like in his forties. <sighs> Who cares? <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of just like, I'm, you're lucky they got an Asian person to be fucking Spike. But anyhow, uh, Wheel of Time, um, I'm digging it. Um, the fo- Definitely the first two episodes 
are more kind of like content forward. The third episode is definitely the slowest uh, so far, but mm-hmm. episode four picks up. A lot of magic shit happens in episode four. Somebody goes fucking Super Saiyan. Yeah, it, it's it's wild. Like, or wild for what this show is right but now. Wild for what it is so far. Like, I, I do like the whole idea of them looking for like this reincarnated figure and like all like for years like oh we we've seen several false dragons so far over the years and like they they find like someone who may be it outside of the four people that like initially start to cast yeah and like are are they aren't they this you know reincarnated figure because like in this world people can use magic but apparently the big bad guy fucked up magic for everybody by making men who use it go crazy and there's mm-hmm. and the the women wizards who are like kind of like the protectors of the realm so to speak they hunt down any man that has a inkling of magic power and they just sort of fuck them up so only women can use magic without being crazy by it yeah and you know they have their own you know whims and needs and like machinations so like everybody's mm-hmm. got something at stake here. Yeah, and, and while I don't think this show is like necessarily a feminist masterpiece or anything, you, you know, because this is a show like or, or from a book series written by a guy in the '90s, mostly yeah. '90s and 2000s. So, and, and he was an older man when he was writing, so he might have you know some of that stuff might bleed through. Like, and I don't want to be like, oh, this is like the most feminist show ever but i do like the more female centric approach to it yeah but yeah i mean i a y c h we're saying check it out yeah like 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 pat and i have said it's if you're remotely familiar with fantasy and fantasy tropes i don't think this is necessarily going to blow your mind for me it was scratching a niche i've had for a while so, like, I plan on keeping up with it. And, and as far as just, like, more technical things, like the writing, uh, the acting and stuff like that, I th- I think it's competent, at least, and in some places, great. Yeah. I would say it's a very solid, capable series, and, like, there's been worse. Yeah, and, and I mean, and it's it seems like it's getting better as it goes yeah, along. Yeah, definitely the, the, this most recent, episode, I think, is the strongest one so mm-hmm. far. So, like, yeah. Because um, there, there were, like, a couple episodes where I'm like, okay, I want to continue, but, like, after seeing this one, I'm like, I need this next episode. Yeah, because this is definitely, like, a like a big crescendo moment so far. Like, okay, this is where big shit's about to happen, because apparently it's only eight episodes, so, like, we're halfway through, so shit's got to pop off soon now. Yeah. I'll be. I'm interested to see where it goes. Uh, I might check out the because I have the first three books. Yeah. So I might check those out. See what see what that's like. And yeah. Okay. Uh, but I will say because we're talking about magic, uh, I do think it's a great time to mention my favorite current meme right now, which is pondering <laughs> orbs. I fucking love this meme. It's just people take like old. Fancy book covers like Wizard and their crystal balls. It's like me and the boys pondering orbs. It's like it's funny as shit. I don't, and, and, and it's like most meme humor. You can't explain why it's funny. It's just funny. It's just there's something that's inherently ridiculous about it, and the context is presented in. It's like yes, I like this. This is my new meme. God, what? Um, 
Because <laughs> my first one I saw was like this like wizard that's like shirtless and like abs and shit and he's like he's got his hands up in the air but like someone put like the composite pictures like hot wizards in the area yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, just, I just want what's that say <laughs> hot wizards in the area i don't want love i just want sex see my orb click here <laughs> <laughs> and i'm just like yeah, if you if you want a hot wizard to ponder your orb, uh, download the new the new hit app Ponder P O N D R, the number one wizard hookup app. Yep, yep, yep. So you can ponder orbs with the ones you love. This is one of my favorites. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, bitch. I was pondering my orb, and like, I love how that one's like also a Yassify meme too. Yeah, how like you know, <laughs> I love how we're talking about very specific Twitter memes. Anybody who's not chronically online, like us, would be like, "What the fuck are they talking about?" God, like, I, I feel so fucking internet poisoned. <laughs> like, I, I try to like have any sort of remote conversation with anybody who's not us and, and I can't I like like before my boss ended up leaving uh I, I forgot I unironically used the term giga chad and, and had to stop <laughs> for 10 minutes to explain the fucking lineage of this word like to unpack it yeah and like <laughs> like literally everybody in AYCH like we're twitter pilled for internet poisoned like we like because we don't we don't text we only communicate each other through Twitter DMs and it's just bullshit that we find and right now I'm living for the pondered the orbs meme. All right, uh, we, we, we're hitting the good stride right now. So what we're gonna do? We're gonna take a break and be right back with you with more. theft of personal property <laughs> I see what you did there but I have the actual thing you don't have it I will hunt you down and I will kill you yeah delete I- that screenshot now <laughs> delete it now delete that screenshot uh, Twitter take away right click save you're they're, they're impacting my portfolio yeah I got I got something for all you I got an NFT for all you crypto bros in nearest fucking trash can. Oh, I got your fucking NFT (laughs) right here. Good shit. Yeah. Hello, uh, hello, right. Welcome back. And uh, fuck NFTs. Yeah. And you know, AYC says just say no to NFTs. Not even once. (laughs) Not even once. Not even once. Uh, but in the second half, uh, I think we worked up a little bit of an appetite uh, talking about Spider-Man and Magic and Wizards and shit. So, we're going to have a little bit of a mini taste test for you. Ooh. Uh, I bought an item not too long ago that I've been waiting to produce on this show for uh, a banter. And I think this is as good a time as any. So, we'll be trying for you today the limited edition Pringle flavor Wendy's Spicy Chicken Sandwich. Uh, well, I... Given the Wendy's Pringles track record, 
I'm not expecting all that much. Because the Wendy's Baconator um, was not good. I mean, it tasted like a Baconator, but for a chip, that's not a good thing. <clears throat> no, it wasn't It wasn't very appetizing, but no. um, we're going to see if they can uh, have a good sophomore outing with the spicy chicken sandwich. Well, it doesn't really have much of a smell. And color-wise, it's pretty tame. It's not like a... I mean, it just smells like a Pringle. Yeah. All right, uh, we'll try it. One, Mazel tov. two, three. Hmm. I don't hate it. There, there's like, there's definitely some spice on it, but like, it's not hot right away. I could, you could probably get a little heat once you eat a few of them. I think that those are pretty good. Yeah, not bad. I'm pleasantly surprised. I mean, granted, my uh, expectations were in the toilet. But, I mean, this is a solid Pringle. Yep. It's it's got enough spice. Yeah, the heat definitely builds with each chip. Oh, I can imagine. But, not bad. It actually says, okay. So when yeah, you, yeah. chicken sandwich. Give it a try if you're interested. <laughs> at the at the nearest Walgreens to your location. Is it like a Walgreens exclusive? I just where I found mine. Ah. <coughs> so yeah. So cheeky Sammy, chicken Sammy. Speaking of food, we had Thanksgiving recently. Oh yeah. I think uh, Thanksgiving went well for both of us. Although, um, nothing, nothing too big or crazy. Although, Jonathan, Jonathan's family, they had a, a new addition mm-hmm. for Thanksgiving. Why don't you uh, elaborate on that? So, um, my, my, my parents, or family dog, um, had a family dog growing up, and she was approaching 20 years old. So, she was old, and we ended up having to put her down, which is sad. She, she was a good dog. But, you know, that, that was a few months ago, and and my mom been going through a lot, so she ended up getting a, a little puppy for herself, and he is the cutest little shit on the face of the fucking planet, <laughs> and, and it's not just me that says it, you know, I might be a little biased, but I've had multiple people say that they would give their life for this little puppy, I see almost everybody. <laughs> Just look at that face. It's, they're so cute. Um, he, what what type of dog um, are they, Jonathan, for, uh, for the he, audience? He he is a lab mix with Great Pyrenees. Okay, he's gonna be a big boy. So yeah, it's gonna be he's gonna be a big fucking dog. But right now he's really tiny and like really cute, and he's he's just super sweet. He's just. Like, look at that. Oh, <laughs> it's, it, he's laying on his back, just like sticking Calm up. the fuck out. But yeah, his name is Bama, which I kind of wish my mom went with a different name because <laughs> it was like the most stereotypical name for a dog around here. Yeah, because, you know, Tuscaloosa, home with the Crimson Tide, Alabama, mm-hmm. Roll Tide. It's like you, you, you knew 
either either you yourself had a pet named Bama in some capacity, or knew somebody who had a pet named Bama. Yeah, and and, and then my mom was like, "I was going to name him Bear, which was the second most used name for a dog in because this- Bear is named after Paul Bear Bryant, one of the most God damn it, I didn't even think of that. God. Famous coaches for Alabama college football. Yeah, outside of current coach Nick Saban, probably the best they've had. But God, I didn't even make that connection. Yeah, they 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 could have they could have gone a whole different direction. They could have called it Stalin after Dean Stalin. Yeah, I mean he did. He does have a single national championship under his belt. Yep. And that was probably the Alabama football coach I remember the most clearly when I was a kid. Uh. God, I was... Which would have been like the early night, early to mid-90s. Yeah, because I think they won the... Getting the Alabama football lore. <laughs> <laughs> and the fact that I have to put it in those terms is wild. But... Because he won the championship in 92. Yeah. So, yeah, I wasn't even alive. I, I, I swear... My aunt had a picture of Gene Stallings somewhere in her house because, mm-hmm. like, everybody in my family, huge Alabama football fans. Oh, yeah. And most Same. most people around here are, roll tide, roll tide, roll tide. Roll tide. Like, like it's one of those things I, it's, I hate that I like football as much as I do because, you know, of, like, a lot of the culture around it. But, like, I mean, you can just go, to, like, if you're going to a game or tailgating or something, you can just walk down the the fucking University Boulevard, and you'll just hear a thousand roll tide. Like literally, you, we could probably stick our head out the door and scream "roll tide" and just hear it distantly in the background. Roll tide! Oh, there to go. Yep. And plus, like as someone who's not a football fan, I just like yelling with my friends. So if I just, just yelling "roll tide" is what gets me there, I'll fucking say it. Yeah. And plus, that like I use that shit. Both ironically and ironically. Because it is such a, like, good, like, <laughs> it's such a good, like, declaration of just disappointment. Of just, like, when someone's like, oh, yeah, this happened to me today. It was really bad. It really sucked. It was like, roll tide. <laughs> it, it, it's very multi-purpose. Oh, oh yeah. Declaration or, or- of excitement, depression, irony. Whatever you need to punctuate a statement, just say "roll tide." Just say "roll tide." Yeah, it's you, you know, it's part. It's probably like the one thing that we have of our culture that's not super shitty. So yeah, it's like why not? <laughs> you know, we're taking "roll tide" back. We're taking. We're reappropriating <laughs> "roll tide." All right. <laughs> you fucking racist! Don't get "roll tide." Nope. It's, it's just us and um. Uh, us newfangled folks. Yep. I, I, I just want a fucking, like, queer pride flag, but it's like the Alabama. It's like Big Al in the middle of it. We're, we're, we're changing We're changing it. Big Al is now Big Ally. <laughs> Pat. That's fucking genius. <laughs> just... <laughs> hey, you know what? Big Al said gay rights and trans rights. <laughs> I'm just like, Big Al says trans rights. And if you don't agree, he will step on you. <laughs> God, that. He, he will roll over you like a tide. <laughs> oh, it makes sense now. 
Uh, the, but anyway. <laughs> that, that's got to be the image, Pat, is just uh, fucking I, Big Al on the trans. No, I've, I've been like collecting in my head like all the different talking points. It's going to be like Spider-Man, a little, I'm going to make a an app button for Ponder, the wizard hookup app. Uh Big Al <coughs> with like a trans flag. Yeah. I mean, Big Al already said Black Lives Matter. Yeah. So that's good. You know, which, you know, very, I was very pleased when Saban was like, hey, you know what? Black Lives Matter. Yeah. Well, one, Saban's from not around here. Yeah. So, you know, probably doesn't have that baggage. And also, <laughs> hearing that man get mad is the funniest shit. No, like he gets hot. Like he's about three inches off the ground when he's hollering and, and like there there was an interview recently where he was just shitting on entitled fans he, he's like i'm sorry i can't win them all all right and like i love how less of a shit he's he, he never gave much of a shit but how he's gotten progressively less of a shit to give over time he, yeah and, and like especially like summer of last year during all the protests like him and the team like firmly came out and they were like, Yeah, Black Lives Matter. And and all the fucking racist chodes were just like They were ah! so mad and, and like But they didn't say anything though. They they fucking swallowed that they, they swallow and it's the funniest fucking shit. I'm just like, suck it, Randall. Yeah, the fucking thing that you put up on like the fucking idol that you put up above your fucking savior said Black Lives Matter, and you have to fucking grew on it. Because yep. in this town, it's fucking Crimson Tide football and Christ. And sometimes those are kind of jockeying for position in people's lives. Honestly, I think probably football is more important than yeah. Jesus. And a lot of these are like... Because at least they actually give a shit yeah, because about like Christ, football. Yeah, you because know, Christ to them is just like a fucking performance they put on, and it's fucking fake. They don't have any sort of... It's an excuse to make themselves feel superior. Yeah, they don't have any sympathetic value. If they did, they would be fucking saying Black Lives Matter. Yeah, and we're not saying this to shit on like all like religious. Yeah, it, it, it's it's an anti-religion. It's anti-asshole. So you use yeah. religion that's a fucking cudgel against people who are disadvantaged in the world. Because guess what? Fucking Christ did if he existed. It's uh, helped the disadvantaged of the world. Yeah, I, I mean. There, there, there's a reason why Jesus was a socialist meme is a meme. <laughs> Our savior. Our savior. <laughs> it's just like Jesus. <laughs> just fucking Jesus with like the so with the fucking Soviet flag overlaid on him. God, just imagine like fucking Jesus with a Yushanka. <laughs> It's just a it's just a Christo statue, <coughs> but he has the hammer in one hand, the sickle in the other, <laughs> and he's got like the fucking like deep fried laser eyes. <laughs> yes, it, it's like what you mean. I need. I want. I'm going to be paying for everyone else's health care. Yes. <laughs> you mean I'm going to be paying for everyone's sins? Yes. You know, if I, <laughs> there's a part of me that wants real bad for that to be our picture, but it's probably best that we don't incur any sort of ire, but that might just be a meme for the boys. I don't know, Pat. Fuck it. Like, <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see what, we'll, I, I think that's funny as shit. It is funny as fuck. We'll, we'll see what we have room for in the fucking thumbnail for this episode. 
but uh, another big happening for us recently that the that the lads after a year's hiatus we went back on a Black Friday trip. Oh yeah, because we're recording this the day after on Saturday, and um, we got to go all around town. Jonathan unfortunately wasn't able to join us. I had to work. So, but it was me, Tanner, Colt, and Wenzel, and we we hit up a lot of places. We went to Second and Charles, which is sort of like a gently used bookstore with like new materials. We went to Barnes and Nobles. Uh, we went to World Market, which is like an international like you know like snack and food and like item store. Uh, we went to Target and the excuse me, Walmart and Target. So we we left about noon and didn't get back to about six. And it, felt like it was midnight yeah y'all were gone for a while like i was (laughs) like i got home from work and i was like where's pat i thought he was off today i was like oh yeah you went to yeah i I was just spending my half my paycheck in fucking black friday deals (laughs) now we'll say that's a mood uh i was i think i was only like third second or third on uh, money spent uh, for the boys. I think Wenzel once again beat us all. Yeah, he, he just poo. He, he just throws down the gauntlet every year, just like Wenzel's, hide and watch. Wenzel's just like I'm a manager at a pizza store now. I got the fuck. I got the fuck you pizza money. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, I got a lot of cool stuff. I got a bunch of manga. I got um, I was I got I was very surprised how much Stoku stuff I saw. I got like a yeah. a Ultraman figure in the style of the old like nineteen sixties and seventies like Mego figures. Mm-hmm. I got a Common Rider model. I uh, got some candy, and um, I finally found a four K Ultra HD release of Scream, the original nineteen eighty eight Scream. Uh, 25th anniversary editions. I'm very excited for that. And a sick Yu Hakusho shirt at Walmart for $7. Yeah, it, it's a sick fucking shirt. It's got the four main boys on it. It's got all your favorites. Mm-hmm. Yusuke, Kurabara, Kurama, and Hiei. I still want to find that fucking dark tournament game and us play it. <laughs> yeah, like the... Because back in, like, early, like, 2003 and... In the ensuing early 2000, mid 2000, Yu Yu show was like the quote new show in the block. It had been around for years in Japan, but like we <laughs> yeah, just like got it, it came out in like the early 90s. Yeah, but like you know, us Americans finally got a hold of it, and like that was definitely like a bigger shonen of the, of the era, but obviously not as big as like Dragon Ball or something. But like it, yeah. it had a significant place. I think it's one of those shows that's more influential than it was popular if that makes sense yeah like it and like i can't speak for how big it was received in japan but like it's definitely like to ask people like what what sort of your founding like anime series yu hakuto is definitely gonna be in the mix it may not be like the first one but it's kind of like the second rung down yeah yeah it, it was like as far as like just mainstream popularity, exposure, success, you got your like more like A tier shows like Dragon Ball, Naruto, like the the big three. Yeah, and then and then after that, there are older shows like like a uh, Yu Yu Hakusho. Yeah, and it, 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 to me, it's interesting like how 
globally, like those anime, those classic anime series are a little bit different. I guess like how what the availability is. Mm-hmm. So like I have a friend of mine who is who's, who has family in Mexico and was raised in Mexico. Like Knights of the Zodiac is like huge in Mexico. Yeah, and I which is like was a a a blip on the radar in America. Yeah, like it. And how, like, Dragon Ball Z is, like, it's culturally, globally now. Like, every single person who knows anything about anime, regardless of where you are on the map, knows Dragon Ball Z. And, and I mean, for mine and Pat's generation, that was the shit. Yeah. Like, that, that, that's what got me into anime. Was, but, like... But that was, like, the forefront. Like, I recently was, um, met a fella who, like, he, he was raised in the Middle East. And how like what shows he watched were like very different. Like oh, I can obviously like Dragon Ball and Naruto were like big ones for him, but then he was pulling out series like I never heard of that one. He's like there's like some kind of drama series about a girl who gets abandoned by her family, but she's taken in by like an alchemist and it's like her like day to day life and stuff. Oh, okay. It was like I've never heard of that. And it's like another like a romance series and like it's really interesting, like what shows are sort of distributed where like like where those like kind of fall on the map or or like the shows that like don't do much in japan but like go overseas and just do like gangbusters like 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 we talked about earlier cowboy bebop yeah it it wasn't received all that well it kind of when it initially came out it kind of came and went in its day in japan but like cowboy it's like a formative series in in the states and oh yeah and and to maybe a lesser extent trigun too Mm-hmm. Because like those two are like inherently more Western in style and yeah. and content, so it would make sense why you know a Western series like Trigun or like a space Western like Bebop really kind of landed here in the states versus maybe somewhere else in the or yeah. native country. Well, and, and also like Adult Swim, like yeah. we can't like have the conversation about both those shows without that. Yeah, I like Adult Swim is like it like we talked about this in our Tsunami episode way back in season one, mm-hmm. how like Tsunami is like this sampler platter for a lot of people and it's like their first gateway into anime in a lot of and in a lot of people's respects. Like no, it, it was never like the only place where anime was shown, but it's like it's because it's it's in a like accessible place like Cartoon Network, a lot of people have that channel. Like it, a lot of people, that's where they get started from. Cause they cause they have stuff yeah. like My Hero, Naruto, and like like Demons, like all the big shows that are out right now in in anime. They're all playing on Toonami. Yeah, and I think really it is more so for like nostalgia because like when we were kids, that was the only way you could watch anime for yeah. the most part. Like I remember <laughs> like finding streaming for the first time in like '08. Yeah, and and thinking that was like the the coolest shit it's like what do you mean there's a whole other naruto series like what? what's that all right cool let's do it <laughs> obviously anime has definitely proliferated over the last 20 25 years but you know i remember very distinctly growing up in like the, the 90s and like you would just see anime randomly like it'd be mm-hmm. sometimes on kids wb with pokemon and our Yu-Gi-Oh and other like smaller series like card captors and then, you know, Cartoon Network. Cartoon Network is definitely like one that had more access to it. Yeah, it, they, they were definitely more open when it came to that stuff. But still, like, I remember watching, like, like back in the day when it was, like, UPN. They would have mm-hmm. shit, like, 
Dragon Ball and Sailor Moon and Pokemon and just like that was like just above basic cable. Yeah. Which or, like or uh the sci fi channel. Yeah, sci fi channel had some late at, late night anime. I think like probably like M T V too. Yeah, that, cause MTV they had um I don't think it's anime, but like anime adjacent, like um, Aeon Flux. That's probably what I'm thinking of as far as the MTV. I mean, sci-fi channels were the first place I saw Gurren Lagann. Really? Yeah. Sci-fi channel had a late night anime block. Well, they they, they did back in like the early 2000s, but it was like weird shit. But then like it was around like high school, like 2007, 2008, and they had Gurren Lagann, the dub, and I was like, holy fuck, what is this? Damn that! Because I, I thought that was just—I didn't know that. Came, like, I mean, obvious because that show came out right as streaming got big. Yeah, like the, like the early days of streaming as we know it. Yeah, and like fan subs and stuff like that. But I, I, I don't—I never remember—I never remember like seeing that like on TV anywhere until like much later. Yeah, they definitely had like like <clears throat> it's like some very. I don't even know the name of them now, but like very, like I would call them like rare series. Like in terms of like these are the ones they could get licensed and release. Like there was one of like someone dressed up like a chameleon. It was like very like moody and dark. There was one about these a brother and a sister that were like in a fighter pilots, like World War One era kind of fighter planes. It, and, like, there's, like, one that's kind of anthological, kind of horror, kind of dark drama, like, samurai show. It was weird shit. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I don't know. So, yeah, like, just to, just to see sort of, like, the, the weird little timeline of anime and its place in the world. Yeah. Although, I, I, honestly, at this point, I don't remember how we got here. <laughs> honestly, I don't either. I think we're talking about Black Friday. Yeah, that's what, yeah. Because I, like, uh, <laughs> when I was editing the episode I did with Canon, and I was just kind of writing down ideas for Pat for the image of, like, what all we talked about. And it's fairly sequential, and it's like, it would look like nonsense, but somehow in context it makes sense. Yeah, because I remember Shimmy looking over the notes <laughs> you wrote for that episode and like, what the fuck is this? During, during while we were recording Cage. Oh, yeah. Um, but speaking of things from our past, fucking Jonathan unearthed some fucking deep buried bullshit from my subconscious. Oh, God, yeah. Earlier today. Because I, I forget how we got here, but we started talking about Lamb Chop. Oh, because Liz got a package in the mail. Yeah. A friend sent her this really cute lamb stuffed animal. Yeah. A valet black nosed sheep. Cute mm-hmm. as fuck. It, it's on they, record they as the real. cutest uh, sheep in the world. And you know what? I don't disagree. I think they got it right yeah. in that regard. But for some reason, that triggered something in the back of my brain. I was like, do you remember this show? It was a puppet with a lamb. I think its name was Lamb Chop. And, and Pat and Liz both about had a heart attack. Because in the early 90s, like I would say 1992 to 1996. That, that probably sounds right. In that era on PBS, 
um, you know, where it has like where Barney and Mister Rogers and all would come on. There was this like very like um, humble Canadian American show called Lamb Chops Playlines, where a older lady named Sherry would she'd have these three little puppets: Lamb Chop, Charlie Horse, and Hush Puppy, and it like, would teach you about you know little kid stuff, you know like ABCs yeah. and shit. And they're like very clearly like sock puppets. It was like a, it was a very like down to earth humble show, and I remember I remember watching that when I was very young, like two oh. and three in the very early nineties. Like the fact that I was able to remember it was fucking wild. They, they probably they they reran stuff all the time. There wasn't like much new on PBS, and they're, they're, yeah. they're not really. I don't ever really remember PBS saying brand new episodes of Wishbone or whatever. <laughs> Between Wish, the Wishbone lions. fucking slapped. I remember the theme song for Wishbone Slapping. I don't remember watching a, that much of PBS as a kid. Uh, like, I, like, I remember watching, like, you know, like, Barney and stuff like yeah. that when I was real young. Or, uh, what, fuck, what was that show? The Ard, Aardvark show? Arthur. Arthur, yeah. I remember watching a lot of that. I, I think I, I remember when Arthur came out. Also, oh, I also shit. remember Zaboomafoo. You remember that shit? Zaboomafoo, yeah, I do remember A little that. lamer. Um, but... Back on the lamb chop, it, that that initial show ended, and then like we need a spinoff, something new and hit for the kids of today's nineties. So like around nineteen ninety eight, they had a spinoff called Charlie Horse's Music Pizza. It's where Lamb Chop and the gang moved to the fucking beach and opened up a pizza that would teach children about musical lessons because apparently this was during a time when. I mean, it still happens when public education systems were being underfunded. So the first thing to cut is our musical and art programs. So a lot of mm-hmm. children had no ex- exposure to music outside of the show in some regards because it just they just have like the the lady teaching people about music and musical mm-hmm. education. But the gimmick is like they own the beach and a uh, pizza parlor on the beach. And it's a fucking bizarre cast. You have like the initial like little baby pu- puppet animals like Lamb Chop and all them. Um, fucking Dom DeLuise is the the shelf in the show. Honestly, I thought he was dead at that point. <laughs> no, but but he, he 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 was he died in like what two thousand nine. Yeah, he like he he hung around for about ten more years. But the thing that fucking on earth like the black bile in like the groundwater after the bedrock has been struck is looking in a poster and it has these two giant like life-size puppets like mascots there's one it's a purple raccoon called fingers the raccoon that which that no do not name anything just fingers (laughs) it's fucking terrible who lives in the dump the garbage dump outside of the pizza parlor where they would drop their trash ah, his whole fingers here let me play you a tune or some shit but the worst one by far is just fucking unhinged like I thought it was a Bigfoot but it, turn, it turns out it's an as described in Wikipedia it's an anthropomorphic dim-witted orangutan that delivers pizzas on roller skates called takeout and somehow this thing is offensive. I don't know how, <laughs> but it is. And it may just be that it's offensive to my senses. That may be it, but it is the... I don't know if ugly is even the right word. It is the most 
uncanny, uncomfortable thing you will ever see. Because like it, it its face is so small and so low on its face, but its forehead is literally the same size as the other half of its face, its head. Uh, like if. If you've ever seen the Charlie Kirk small, like, shrunken face meme, it's literally that, but with a monkey. And, like, he's, like, he walks around in, like, a fucking Hulk Hogan yellow, like, crop top with his belly hanging out. (laughs) It's just, like, this is really uncomfortable. And he's just, like, bumping into shit. Now, what was this show called? Charlie Horse Musical Pizza. I mean, and it's kind of styled, like... Chuck E. Cheese in a way. Yeah. But like, it's just, uh, it's like, oh, we have this, you know, this kid, he wants to learn to be a, uh, a tuba player, but his dad doesn't like it. So he has to pretend he has to sneak away and do it while he's at work and some other bullshit. <laughs> God, I fucking hate it. I'm looking at it now. And it, it, it's, it's deplorable. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fucking, it's- I, that is a paralysis demon. Like, God, I I hate the way it looked, and like the more I feel like it would have the voice be like, "Hey, how you doing?" I, I feel like I hope you're having a good day. There, it feels like his voice is sweaty, like he just has a clammy voice, like like it's yeah. hot breath. Like like he he's always just like really sweaty and always smells like bo. And he's all he never and he only ever comes up to you by walking up behind you. He never like comes up to your face and, and, and he always announces like right by your ear he's like how you doing <laughs> and, and you, you punch him in the face every time <laughs> I, I feel like if the 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 host sherry hadn't gotten ill and passed away the real reason why this show would have been canceled because that goddamn bigfoot yes like unironically like god I hate it. I hate the way it looks. And the longer I talked about it, the more I was remembering about it. And I like, I got more and more upset. And, and like, like if you go on Google Images and just type in Charlie Horse Music Pizza, Musical Pizza, or whatever the fuck it's called, there are pictures of this thing, but it's in like 120p, and, and somehow that makes it worse. Yeah, it looks like an actual cryptid now because like. The only pictures of this fucking thing that exists are like rips of either old home tape VHSs or like people filming a television and throwing it up on YouTube. So like it feels like this is like some like morbid creature that's been caught on film that we can neither confirm nor deny its actual existence. I'm watching this fucker in motion now. <laughs> Jonathan had such a dispirited look on their face. Like, they're just disgusted. I, I am... I am disgusted. God. Why? And, and I mean, I remember, like, something about Lamb Chop always freaked me out as a kid. Like, the puppets themselves are kind of freaky. I mean, they're literally sock puppets with, like, decorations. But what was really weird is when they would have, like, the life-size versions of the puppets dance around and shit for, like, I guess other purposes. And it's even more uncanny. I just... I, I had to stop. I had to look away. 
<laughs> I had to <laughs> turn, I <laughs> avert my eyes from the abyss. Excuse me while I pour bleach on my eyes. <laughs> God. But yeah, that... I'm sorry for dredging that up from you the know, it, it recesses was of my subconscious. Simultaneous. It was like watching like a video online of like someone like popping a zit. Like I'm disgusted, but I can't look away. Yeah, like oh god, just. And now that now that's just what your video timeline is going to be. It's just like I have to see more of this video. It's like you just get pulled down into like this video. Uh, archive wormhole and you never quite return from god you bringing up mashing zit videos uh when i was at my mom's house we were watching tv and and, and she over like the past like couple years or so it, it just fucking loves have you ever heard of that show called dr pole the vet dude mm mm He's like this Polish guy out in the middle, of like Midwest somewhere, who who he he's just like this expert vet. He kind of comes off like like the vet veterinarian version of Doctor Oz. Okay, but like I don't know, he seems like a genuine dude, unlike Doctor Oz, who just seems like a lizard person. Yeah, he's a fucking monster. Yeah, and and, and like each episode is just like. It's usually him going to someone's farm and it's like, Oh, Bessie just started shitting blood. I don't know why. <laughs> and, and there there was this uh one uh this like couple brought in their dog. It was a cute little black lab, but one side of its face was swollen like out to here. Yeah. And I was like, Oh and apparently it, something got infected and they had to drain it and it's just a split second of them draining it and it was a fountain just of just like white gunk God. <laughs> it was gross and i'm like i'm like i'm so glad y'all turned away but also I, like why oh god yeah like there's something something about like just like gross videos like there's one i saw about someone pulling a splinter out of a horse's side it was a goddamn tree branch like no, the, like literally, they pulled the stick out and it just kept coming. That's yeah, like, that that was a spear. Someone stabbed that horse. Uh, like I mean, I've seen videos <laughs> similar to that where it's like, oh man, I uh, I get the splinter out of a person, and they just mash on it a little bit, and then it's like just gump. Or no, it just <clears throat> shoot, like like a something like a fucking javelin <clears throat> was in their finger, and like I'm like, how how do you let it fester this long? I don't. Know. What's fucked up about my YouTube is that I, I accidentally watched a, a pimple popping video. I could have like a oh, I'm kind of like down this rabbit hole for a while. But the thing is, I keep getting, and it's not pimple popping videos. It's fucking like cat, like diseased hoof videos. Oh, I, yeah, I've heard of that. It's, it's like people on farms, like okay, you know, a cow kind of stands there in muck or in like poo, so like its feet you know, are very, you know, have to be cared for more specifically. But it's all just like, check out like this bubbling puss inside of this hoof. And just like, what the fuck is this? Why why is this on my timeline? I've never watched any of them. It's always there. That's fucking weird. 
I, I will say, I'm going to steer the conversation into something less gross. Yeah, a trigger warning after we're finished to talk. <laughs> yeah, you now get the trigger warning. <laughs> we didn't know what we were going to say as we were saying it, but there will be a trigger warning on the uh, timestamps. Yes. But uh, speaking of, like, your YouTube recommending you stuff, uh, lately, did you know those, like, YouTube shorts? It's basically TikTok, but on YouTube. Yeah. I found this one channel of this guy doing trick shots, but the trick shots are fucking bizarre. Like he'll he'll be sitting in a chair and behind him is a bookcase, and in the bookcase is a Nintendo Wii. Okay. That's plugged up. And and he'll take a CD or something, throw it back, and it'll go like in the Wii and then the Wii will like take it in. Just like Like and you let the game slot. Yeah. A lot of videos like that, and it's just this dude doing that. I'm like, you know, this is really interesting. That the, I was like, I'm glad, you know, someone is making money just doing the stupid shit I did as a kid. Yeah, just like weird, like, like gambit level from X-Men, just like bouncy, like bing, 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 bing. Oh, yeah, like bunch of shit like that. Um, but like what, what's really funny is he'll also do like behind the scenes stuff of like show you how many times it takes him to get it. Yeah. And and there, there's some times where like he'll get it in like, like two tries or some shit. But most of the times he's like, yeah, I did this for about a thousand times. And you know, it took me three hours to get this shot. There was like one time where he's like, it took me two days to do this. I'm like. You know what? I admire the tenacity. Yeah, the the, the sick intuitiveness. Um, but very recently, my YouTube has just been me going through the backlog of a <laughs> a very fun uh, little video account. If you've heard of it, called Side Talk NYC. Oh God! <laughs> it took me a minute to realize what you were talking about, and I was like. Oh yeah, that was that that unhinged shit, fucking Pat. Bing bong, <laughs> bing bong. That fucking Pat put on our fucking TV because last it's night. been it's been big on TikTok and it's kind of like spread throughout. Like at least my family, they've been doing the side talk New York bits. Like, what what's the name of the president? Byron. What's the president's name? Byron. God. And and it's just just. I think it's like a kid. Like he's like he looks like he's a teenager. He might be like in early twenties. But basically, he started like this bit where he gets like ex people to like go up and down the streets of New York City and just talk to like all the unhinged characters they run into. And a lot of it, some of it's like you know homeless people. Some of it's just like the passers by, and they're all unhinged. They say just wild, hilarious shit. Most of it doesn't make sense. No, it's, it's just, just like crazy shit. And I'm just like wondering, like, <laughs> what would be the the AYCH for like AYCH new chapter? We hit the streets of Tuscaloosa and Birmingham and just find strange people to interview in, in like one minute segments, and like how quickly that would go bad. I I don't have the ability. I don't think really any of us have the ability to do that. You know, because like, like, like we we don't have like that guy from Channel Five level of yeah. like just approachability. So like I, I just can't imagine. And, and there are people like 
there are like regular like dope fiends around here that I'm just like I don't want to interview those people. I mean, there, like, I feel like you have to have like a certain level of like kutzpah. Just be like, I'm just gonna approach a random person on the street and then start talking to them and hope they don't fucking attack me or do something crazy. Because there are definitely moments in side talk where like the the dude kind of looks like Ugh, like he gets that gets in a little over his head, but always manages to work out. And plus, like I don't know if there's a, fucking like the cities of Alabama have the same level of like street character flavor that maybe New York does. Well, cause that's the thing. Like, I just don't think not to be like shitting on, you know, Alabama. I mean, they kind of do any more than we already do any more than we already do, but I just don't think there's really anyone interesting enough or, or, like, the people who would be interesting, like, if we did it, it would just be kind of sad and feel kind of gross. Yeah, it's like, at what point did this become exploitative? Yeah, like, that. that's the thing I fear it would turn into. It's just, like, here's a bunch of, like, fucking white kids, I mean, who grew up in rural areas, you know, grew up in the woods, but, like... You know, I, I I don't know. I just don't want to like invade on anyone's space. Yeah, and plus, like, there, there, I'm sure there's plenty of people who are critis- or critical of it because, like, well, it's obviously not to the same level as like fucking bum fight or like little homeless. Which I, I like. Even, I remember hearing about that in high school, and even my like edgy teenage self thought that was fucked up. Like it was like. That's not funny. Yeah, like getting like homeless people, paying them like a penance money to to fight each other for entertainment. Yeah, that, that's just and, and like we, we there there's like various like meme channels we watch, which is basically like TikTok compilations. Yeah, and there was one recently where they like paid this homeless man to do something humiliating. Yeah, like it, 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 he jumped into like a pile of trash bags. Yeah, and I was just like. And, and strangely enough, it was, like, one of the reincurring, like, homeless men on side talk NYC. Yeah, it was, like... Uh, yeah, kind of like, if, if you're going to give these people a platform, at least give them something out of it. Yeah, at least give them more than, like, So, so it's not just, just, like, free entertainment for you and for your channel. I mean, obviously, I don't know the fucking political <laughs> standing of this goddamn TikTok, yeah. like project but like yeah you know well i mean it's not even like political it's just more so like the ethical yeah not not to be like a fucking debbie downer wag my finger but let me let me just like break down the like the the like ethical minutiae of every fucking thing yeah i mean that's not what we want to do yeah we we don't even though it probably sounds like we do it all the time i feel like we do it all the time but i promise you it's not as deep as you it may sound yeah like like and, and what i'm saying is not about the channel that pat's talking about like to me that doesn't feel exploitative like and, and you have at, at least from what i've seen which admittedly is little but like in order to do that properly you you just have to be the right type of person yeah and, and i i would not feel comfortable doing it personally yeah i feel like i would i and, and, and I'm just not, like, a super sociable person anyway, unless, like, I really know you, so, like... To, to be, like, obviously, like, it takes a certain type of metal to be just, like, just be able to be fluid enough as a person, just, like, to jump into a situation, like, hey, man, want to say something wild and crazy for the internet? 
and then like them and, and them not thinking you're just a raving psychopath and like r- run yeah. past you at, at best at worst assault you yeah but I think the guy like the people who run the channel they they like live in the area like they know the area so it's not just like someone from out of out of place being like let's just go to find a local flavor yeah it, yeah like it, like I, <laughs> I I just know like if someone were to come to like Brookwood or something like from out like out of town and, and just like not I, I would feel weird about that but like if it was someone from Brookwood it'd be like oh that's cool yeah, and plus, like it's, I feel like not because I will say I don't think Tuscaloosa or Birmingham. Well, Birmingham might have some crazy characters, but you go to fucking Brookwood, <laughs> you can find some crazy ass people just in the middle of bumfuck nowhere. Yeah, it's just man. <laughs> <laughs> the thought of that sounds funny, but then the, the pr- uh, but then and then you start thinking and about the like, practicality of the steps to take to do that. It's like, do I? It, it should this be done? It, it's like you've been so worried about if you can do it, you didn't think about if you should. Yeah, uh, it's it's always good to to think about your bits, folks. Yeah, just put a little bit of thought before you say them. Or yeah, like yeah, a lot of things sound good as bits, but then we try to like, we try to like, oh, let's make this bit real. You realize maybe it's just better as a bit, or or even like it like there's something that you might think is like funny in your head, and then when you say it, it doesn't sound near as funny, and you're just like, you know what, I probably shouldn't have said that. Yeah, so it's it's always good to reserve judgment. For, and uh, think about what your humor comes from and yep. what it does, especially involved other people. Very much so. But that, that fucking channel is unhinged. It's fucking hilarious. And, and I love it. <laughs> it's, it's a good time. The guy who just ke- keeps calling Biden Byron is funny. Yeah. And uh, a, a good subset of that one is, is Spider-Cuz. <laughs> Hold on, what? It, it, it's like, it's like what, I think it's one of the regular, like, personalities but he's dressed up as spider-man with like a bandana on his head and a hat over it and he just and he's just runs around in fucking a spider-man outfit and timberland boots and just like it's just talking with people and just like saying wild shit a funny one was when like he like he had gotten so popular doing that like he's at like comic con as spider cuz and then apparently one he he ran into a girl dressed as Gwen, like Spider Gwen, and she's like, "I've been looking for you, man. I heard you around town." So she just bought a fucking Spider Gwen outfit and went looking for him, and they hung out for <laughs> for a bit on that segment. That's funny as shit. It's funny as shit. It, it's a good time. You know what? I I'm glad that's in the world. <laughs> Something to give us respite. Yeah, and, and and nice sixty second intervals, very much so. Yep. The great thing, and and probably the worst thing about TikTok is just how bite sized everything is. Yeah, uh, it's like can I can I uh, feasibly read a book anymore? And I'm like, am I functionally illiterate now because my internet uh, poison mic can only take media and and sections for so long? Yeah, like like I went like. I used to be a voracious reader. Just read anything and everything I could. Hell, got half a degree in it. I, I tried to sit down to read the first Wheel of Time book the other day, and I'm like, 
This is just a wall of text. <laughs> this is just this is just gibberish. It doesn't mean anything. It, it, like I, it's like, hi, my name's John. I'm nearly thirty, and I don't know how to fucking read. However, I will say, like the three minute TikToks. There, there are times where I'm like, all right, come on, y'all need to hurry. This is up. like, yeah, there's definitely and, been times I've been looks like this is much longer than normal. Yeah, this is like this is like a whole ass just video video. God, yeah, I will say. Good for me. I have not really been on TikTok that much lately. No, yeah, because when we were coming home from Black Friday, we were catching up Wenzel on six months of TikToks and just like going through our DMs. And it's like, well, Jonathan hasn't seen anything in a while. Are they dead? No. <laughs> no, I... Because I, eventually... Because uh, I am the motherfucker who will just send you anything that I think you would find personally funny. And a lot of times, most people don't read that shit or, or, or don't watch it until much later until you like open the fucking TikTok app and it's just like 99 plus because it just can't calculate anymore. Past yeah, like, like it's, hit, it's hit the cap and everything behind it. It's just a plus. Yeah. Because I will say like you, you, you sent a lot, <laughs> but it's not as much as Justin. Justin sends far more than you do. That's true. And, like I say that and like I haven't been on TikTok that much recently either and like I feel like the stuff we send each other is like usually like weird unhinged shit and my timeline is like not that unhinged so I don't know like what's fun enough usually like, I say like oh this is like a funny animal video or something like oh this is a monkey and he fell over but it's not usually like here's a weird awkward per- there was some fucking weird shit that they were talking about like, the other day like last night when we were getting into target our last stop like apparently there's this fucking guy it's like how this one account kind of started trailing off for some people into like true crime tiktok because apparently there's this fucker who like obviously this person was like not in a good space they kind of like they were like on drugs and they lived in a very disheveled house and they're just like doing this like weird dance and but when people's and this account is no longer active, it it's been since deleted, which sort of leads more into the suspicious parts of it. Mm-hmm. If it is real, that um, apparently when people were like noticing when this person would upload um, while doing their like their weird uncanny dances and their like dirty house, there they could see like monitors in the background, like you know like a, a kind of like a, on a computer table with like several monitors and like video feeds on them. And on one of the video feeds, you can see a basement. And in the basement, there's someone sitting in a chair. There's someone in a basement. And as people were like dissecting that so videos further, like in different like in different parts of the living room, like, well, you see like trash everywhere. You see a spot that looks a lot like dried blood. And some people were thinking that this was like a serial killer. And now that the, the, the account's been deleted, some people thinking maybe they were up to something. That's scary, and like, and, and, and that—that's the thing about fucking just internet horror in general. And I know this is like real shit, probably. Yeah. Maybe I don't know, because cause the thing is, like, part like the cynical part of my brain is like, if this isn't real, this is fucking genius. Just like, because it, it, it almost seems like too perfect. Yeah, like at least from the way you're describing. For it to be real. Yeah. But, like, God. Like, but the, what the world is weird enough, like, fuck the could shit. happen. Has ha- he- like, Tanner was telling me that there was, like, a mob psycho, like, fan account that he followed. 
which got shut down because apparently the owner of it like murdered their sister. Oh yeah, I re- I remember him telling that story. That's fucked. And you know there was those two girls who found those dead bodies in a suitcase on TikTok from like what last year. Yeah, they're they're doing that thing where you like you like, your GPS sends you to a location, you just go and look at it, find some funny stuff, and then go to the next location. It's kind of like Pokemon Go and like some like some little, little internet game. But then like when they went to a pier, you see like a, like a kind of like a rocky outcropping where there's like two like suitcase travel bags they said like it does like a bad like rotting smell coming from it it's got like garbage bags in it and come to find out there are two pieces there's a couple who were killed by their landlord for not paying rent and those two girls on tiktok found that body there's a, a video of them on their little game playing their game and they pan over and they see this those suitcases and this has been like an actual like investigation like, like, like real life ca- yeah god that's that that is scary just the and, and like i know like creepy pastas can take this a little too far and it becomes goofy yeah but i think there's there's something about just only having just this weird glimpse into something that's you know's not right yeah and it, it uh and shit just descends from well, there. Like, like there's that um there's that one TikTok that people talk about like they they, they think it's they think it's like some kind of like spooky horror account. How there's a <coughs> there's a guy who video who sends videos of himself like walking around a city that's completely abandoned, like a modern city where like he's walking around parks and cities and buildings and there's no one there, and people are thinking like somehow he got sent to another dimension. Where he's the only person on earth. I don't know. I find that hard to believe. But you know, like, but but like, or are you talking about like this is sort of like this the, is sort the of, point of the account? Is yeah, like, like it's like one of those accounts that people are like it's it straddles that line of like is this real? Is this like a yeah. account because like it's just these like sort of like no context videos? Yeah, it's sort of like the. Fuck what the, there's ARGs back in the day. Yeah. Where it's like <clears throat> you don't know if this would be if this is actually real or like it, it skirts that line between fiction and reality. And, and because like a, a lot of people on TikTok are like children to teenagers. There's a lot of stuff that's like they're like, Oh fuck, this is crazy, man and then like you know you as an yeah. adult's like, yeah, okay, that's not real, but like there's some stuff that kind of skirts a line in a fun way, and there's some that skirts a line. It's like this might be actually real. Yeah. Like apparently there's a, there's like a because there's a movie called VHS ninety four. It's a new it's a new installment of the VHS anthology mm-hmm. horror series, and there's like kids on TikTok who think it's real. Well, there was that movie Megan is missing. It was this. Oh my god! It was this fucking garbage ass found footage movie from like twenty eleven about these teenage. <coughs> girls who get adopted and killed and yeah. people thought it was real yeah like it was an actual fucking snuff film or something when it's just a fucking dog shit movie and it's just a bad f- and, and like because the thing is like it doesn't like i, I don't know how anyone can, can misconstrue that is real yeah because like I, I just like watching like a clip of like 10 minutes of the acting i'm like oh this is obviously written by an old man and this is what he thinks teenagers sound like 
and it's really like weird. <laughs> yeah. But like apparently there's like like the apparently like the ending scene to that movie is like really intense or something and people or intense to a certain audience. Yeah. And, and they just thought that tick, there were there was a subsection of TikTok who thought this movie was real. Yeah, I remember like <coughs> That era was that was was that this year or last year, early this year or late last year? I don't remember. It was some within the last year and a half. Yeah, and I remember yeah. like because it was it was definitely during COVID. I do know that. Yeah, definitely. And I'm just like, oh my god, and, and 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 like it got so bad. Like fucking the YouTube channel, uh, your movie sucks. Uh, he he did a, he has an infamous review of the movie where he was just like this is fucking shit and when it came out the movie came out like nearly a decade ago yeah and so he he got like a bunch of hate from like these fucking like 15 year olds who didn't know it wasn't real yeah (laughs) and they were like how dare you make fun of the victims blah 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 it's like and he's like, shut the fuck up, you nerds. <laughs> touch fucking grass. It's like, no, these people can't be saved by touching grass anymore. <laughs> <laughs> there are other ways we have to get rid of them. Uh, well, goodness gracious, we kind of ran over hill and valley today. It was something. Uh, I would say it was, it was a fun uh, collection of content that we managed to discuss today, and uh, and it's, it's always a good time get to get to enjoy a conversation with Jonathan. It's and same like the. It, it was funny because we were upstairs and we were we started talking, and it's like you know what we probably should just save the just start recording now. Yeah, because like we had finished wheel of time, and like we had, we had set aside a, a, a time to start recording. It's like. Just let's just start now. We're already like warming up, so let's just get it going. Yeah. So uh, yeah, we 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 covered a lot today. We hope you enjoyed it, and uh, we hope you continue to stick with us for the rest of the year. We got some. We got a, a few more things to show you in 2021. We got some more stuff coming down the pipe, including we might have something very unique and special for the network as a whole that we that's just around the corner. We'll be letting you know as more information becomes available, but I think it will be a good boon for all three shows in the network. Mm-hmm. So please stay tuned for that. Uh, we're very excited to reveal it when the time is ready. All right. But in the meantime, be sure to like, rate, view, and subscribe wherever podcasts are found that SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor. Be sure to. So like, rate, and subscribe on those platforms. It keeps us visible, puts in front of you listeners, and always appreciate you when you do it. You can follow us on our socials on Twitter and Instagram, AYCH Podcast. Letterboxd and Facebook at All You Can Hear. Twitch at twitch.tv slash All You Can Hear. <coughs> and YouTube, which is also at All You Can Hear. If you're listening to this to the week, it comes out on Tuesday, November 30th. Uh, there will be a brand new episode of The Late Takes Tanner. We'll be discussing... A new format for his show and some changes that will be coming to his neck of the woods. So be sure to check that out. Be up to date on all the news and banter coming at you from the late tapes point of view. And then on Thursday, December 2nd, looking forward to a brand new episode of Cajun Greatness. Where it will be a off-topic episode of Uncaged where <laughs> we discuss 
uh, John Leguizamo's early 90s film, The Past, and his 2021 comic, Phenom X. And you can't tell because it's audio, but Jonathan had a faraway, dejected look in his eye. Because I, I'm not ready. I am not ready. Uh, because <laughs> that uh, that's going to be a very interesting episode. And lastly, you can follow me, Patrick, on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd. John lost his name. My art on Facebook at John lost his name. Art. Uh, you can follow. My name is John. You can follow me on Twitter at J-O-N-I-I-B-Y-24 and John Johnson twelve on Letterboxd. All right, thank you all so much for listening today, and have a have a good night. Take care of yourselves and each other. Bye.